Garden Success is brought to you in part by the Arbor Gate, featuring unusual plants, artisan-created decorative pieces, and a constantly changing array of items that bring beauty, comfort, and even flavor to the home and garden. Arbor Gate, 15635 FM 2920, Tomball, Texas, 281-351-8851 or arborgate.com. Welcome to Garden Success with Skip Richter, the show designed to help you have a bountiful garden and a beautiful landscape. Call in now with your lawn and garden questions at 979-845-5689 or email your questions to gardensuccess at tamu.edu. And now, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension horticulturist, Skip Richter. Well, hello and welcome to Garden Success. We are looking forward to talking with you today in terms of a pre-recorded show. So while we normally talk with you with questions and call-ins and stuff, today we're pre-recorded, but we'll be back live again next week. But today we have a special show, and I have a special guest. Dr. Meng Meng Gu is a professor and extension specialist in the Department of Hort Sciences here at Texas A&M. Uh, welcome, Meng Meng. Well, thank you, Skip. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Uh, we She is a wealth of knowledge on a number of different topics and uh, she actually uh, has an online um, kind of a broadcast that occurs at the same time as this program does so <laughs> I should not promote that should I <laughs> well I will it's called the weekly chat with green Aggies and it's primarily uh, aimed at the industry the green industry uh, people that are in horticulture as a business uh, but uh, there they can also be listened to after the show is that right as a yes. recording yes tell us just a little bit about how someone would find that oh um well uh there are several ways to find that mm -hmm. uh one is simply send me an email okay and my email is m as in mary g as in george u as in ursula mgu at tamu.edu okay so that's probably the simplest way Wow, that's that's a. I need to change my email address to something that yeah. <laughs> simple. All right. Yeah, and um, we have a, um, a Facebook group. It's called Chat with Green Aggies, mm -hmm. and and you just need to answer two questions uh, on that. You know, mm -hmm. before we admit you in. Yeah. So all the programs will be announced there, uh, or you could friend me on Facebook. Yes. I'm you know, it's Meng Meng Gu, um, and there are not that many Meng Meng Gu's from AgriLife. So, you know, I'll probably be the only one. So, okay. friend me there, and we will announce the program there, too. Oh, okay. And, you know, once you, if you email me, I could probably put you on the email list, on the listserv. So, every Wednesday, we will announce, you know, what we're going to talk about, you know, the next day. Okay. Yeah. Well, we often... Uh, you know, have a lineup of topics for like the whole month or even the next month. So, yes. you know, that's what we have been doing. Mm -hmm. So basically you get an idea, you know, what we will be talking about this month, next month. And then you just, and it's it's one register, you know, you pick a day, you mm -hmm. register, and then you pick one day that you want to participate and, okay. and then just join us, you know. Yeah, yeah um, that's good. And you have a, a lot of AgriLife specialists and sometimes people from other states. I know, uh, let's see, Irfan Vaifei, one of uh we, uh, the uh, entomologist. Va Vafi, yes, 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 yes. So it was, it was, um, it was something that that you know that that came out of this uh, COVID nineteen yes. pandemic. You know, because we 
we can't do person to person face to face events yes. and stuff like that. So I just came up with this idea. I was like, huh, uh, you know, we. I mean, we still. Um, you know, programming is still needed. You know, mm-hmm. people still, and when they stay home, they still want the knowledge, want the the you know the information. Right. So, I contacted our several of our specialists. Uh, you know, Dr. Kevin Nong. Yes. Um, Dr. Kevin Nong is our uh, plant pathologist. Uh, Young Ki Jo, um, Professor Extension Special Turf mm-hmm. Turf Turf Pathology. Turf pathology uh, Dr. Becky Bolin mm-hmm. from uh, Water Institute. She Used to be our turf specialist here mm-hmm. in College Station, and she went up to uh, uh, Dallas mm-hmm. and be the specialist there in the uh, Water Institute. Uh, so, and um, and later on, you know, you remember I gave you mm-hmm. a call, but you, your schedule just just happened. Right. <laughs> it just it just happened that you know we're our yes. two programs happened on the same day. So uh, I I contacted uh, several uh, agents mm-hmm. and uh, two agents, uh, Miss Laura Miller from yes. Tarrant County and Mister um, Paul Winsky Paul from uh, Harris County. Right. You know, they have been with us. Uh, uh, you know, since since they got the call, so and, yeah. And, and those two folks are two of our county horti- county based horticulturists that focus on commercial yes. uh, types of things. So yes, those are yes. the only two that I know of in the state of Texas that really focus commercial. Most of us have to kind of wear whatever hort hat comes through the door. So that's very uh, true. But uh, that's great, and I, it's very interesting, guys. I encourage you to listen to it, but only by tape after the show, <laughs> not, <laughs> not during. No, that's success. that's not that's not a problem. At all. So, so we have been, uh, we have, you know, while we're live on the, uh, I wouldn't say on the air, on the internet, you mm-hmm. know, on the internet space, we're, uh, we're, we're pushing it live on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And also, we're recording every chat. We call it chat with mm-hmm. Green Aggies. It's a slightly informal uh, format that we have maybe two or three, you know, small topics, including the plan of the week, you know. Right. So, uh, so we're we're recording it, uh, except third Thursday, mm-hmm. because third Thursday is our chitty chat Thursday. So, okay. so, so that so on third Thursday we take questions from you know from the emails, from Facebook, from anywhere, uh, you know, from the audience, of course. Yes. Uh, that you know, it's it's a it's a almost a pure Q and A session. Okay. So that's that's the only third Thursday is the only sh- uh, chat that we don't record. But all the others are on the uh, yeah, that's on the YouTube. On YouTube, you can find a chat with Green Aggies um, playlist. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. And if you're interested in uh, getting permission to come into the to the um, uh, chat the programs, if you, if you email Dr. Gu at mgu at tamu.edu, every, pretty much every email address I give out ends in at tamu.edu. So uh, mgu at tamu.edu. And you have to answer two. Now, are these two questions like, what is thigmatropism and what is the scientific <laughs> name of, I mean, no, no. they're just simple questions. They're just simple okay. questions. So you're, we, we just, we just <laughs> want to verify that you're a human being. Okay. Everyone is uh, welcome, but keep in mind that our uh, target our target audience is the uh, the professionals. Uh-huh. Our okay. target audience is the green industry professionals, and we're so fortunate to have uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, you know, uh, with us on this. They have been 
helping us uh, promoting the uh, the chat to the you know to the industry uh, groups. So yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Good. <laughs> good. Well, let's let's get on with with uh, the horticultural business at yeah. hand. And I always like to ask our guests, what got you interested in horticulture? Uh, you know, we have a wide variety of different people that we talk to. Sometimes it's uh, it's always curious to me how people got started uh, you know we we end up in here you are a phd in horticulture what got this started did you know one day you were tired of being a computer scientist or brain surgeon and you decided to try horticulture or tell me about that yeah that was pretty much my story uh, that was pretty much my story um so uh well skip i i know that your audience can't see me but i'm chinese okay uh, I uh, was born and raised in China. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my family lives in the city, you know, okay. uh, I live in the city. But my parents, uh, or I should say my grandparents at the time, lived in the country. Okay. So, you know, so we always have that, that root in nature, yes. uh, you know, in nature, not just the uh, uh, asphalt and concrete and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, and every... Um, Winter and summer vacation, you know, uh, the winter breaks, summer break, mm-hmm. you know, during schools. And we will, I mean, me and my sister would just spend our entire summer, entire winter, you know, in my uh, grandparents' house. Right. Yeah, in my grandparents' house. And, um, I mean, that's just where you, you know, you get in touch with agriculture, horticulture, and just nature, just just a lot. And, mm-hmm. and... Back then, you know, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a whole lot. Like, you know, like this whole village. It, the, the whole village. The whole village has maybe 30, maybe 30 families, wow. all with the same last name, Gu. Oh, my. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. <clears throat> that's amazing. It, well, it's, it's just, I, I think that's how these uh, villages started. Okay. So, and and then about a mile south so of us. So you couldn't get into any kind of trouble without it getting back, right? I'm, I'm just assuming this is a. a <laughs> we're we're. I mean, we are literally all related. I mean, fifth, sixth cousins. I mean, you know, and and the houses, you know, the houses literally. I mean, next to each other. You know, yeah. you can hear the kids crying mm-hmm. in the other house, and then and you know, in their yard or something. And and what's even crazier is about a mouth, uh, about a mile south of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This this goo village, this North Goo village. There's mm-hmm. a South Goo village. So, <laughs> okay. So, so that's about. Uh, you know, you could be pulling my leg, and I wouldn't know it. But I'll go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so 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 you know, and um, so and, and of course, within among these uh, thirty families, mm-hmm. there are uh, there are that's that's uh, blood. Mm-hmm. We're all blood related, but then some are closer related sure. to you. So so. So among these five, six families that's closer, you know, close, closely related to my family, my dad is the oldest Okay. Uh, um, among his cousins and stuff. So I was the oldest among my cousins in this. And uh, so I was just a natural leader. Once I got home, you know, this city girl mm-hmm. coming back home and they, they really, they because of my age, mm-hmm. they uh, they looked it up to you, yeah. and so we were just uh, playing in the, um, uh, in the you know in in the village. Like there, this family may have a pear tree, and we're just like, 
we're like those birds. We're literally like those birds, and then just looking at those pears mm-hmm. or apples or or jujubes. Or, yeah. That's my memory of jujubes. You know, looking at those jujubes and, and just you know um, just waiting for the fruits to uh, to to be ready. <laughs> so that, okay. Yeah, and and also we have um, so many aquatic plants, edible, edible edible aquatic plants and uh you know that just uh uh so all those things um was really uh, interesting to me that's okay. what got me to horticulture all right well that's, a, that's <laughs> an interesting story you know you you talking about china so many of our plants uh, yes. fruit uh ornamentals and things uh originated in various parts of Asia, and uh, it, it's amazing as you look around the typical yard and backyard yes. uh, in the United States. What, how many of those plants uh, came from? How many of those? Asia. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, let's let's visit a little bit about one of the plants that is of special interest, and that's crepe myrtles. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Crepe myrtles uh, are everywhere. They they sometimes call them the lilac of the South. When someone moves down here from uh, the Midwest or someplace, and they want to know if you can grow lilacs. We say, no, here's a crepe myrtle, squirt some perfume on it, and it's just <laughs> as good. Uh, so, but seriously, they, they're they widespread. They're a wonderful plant, extremely hardy. Yes. But they've run into a problem lately, and that's the crepe myrtle bark scale. And if, if our listeners, if you look around town uh, and you're driving t- through town and you see these crepe myrtles with black trunks on them, mm-hmm. that's probably what's going on there. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about crepe myrtle bark scale. Uh, there's a lot of research being done, uh, yes. not only within the A&M system, but in other land grants uh, yes. uh, throughout the South, especially, and uh, even up Arkansas, which I guess technically is the South as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're finding that they they really are widespread now, and they've, they've um, uh, created kind of a problem for people with crepe myrtles. It was kind of once our one of those cast iron plants that we didn't really worry about much. Once we got... Uh, the powdery mildew resistance bred into mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. It kind of took care of most of the problems yes. that we have to yeah. deal with. So what about crepe myrtle bark scale? Uh, what What is your particular interest? Uh, what kinds of things are we learning now? And let's just visit a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so crepe myrtle bark scale, <clears throat> my, uh, my colleagues, uh, you know, raised this issue. It was actually back in 2013. It was back in thir- uh, 2013 that it they have seen this so uh they they started to ra- raise awareness um in um you know in the uh the nursery among the nursery community and you know myself being an uh extension specialist for ornamental plants i at first i didn't think it's a big deal my thinking was uh well probably our winter cold would just kill them all mm-hmm. but after a trip in the winter to Beijing a Botanical Garden. Well, Beijing is as north as crepe myrtles will grow in China. Okay. So yeah, so so. Can, can you give us a, a rough idea in the U.S.? It's about six. It's about zone six. But zone six. It's okay. about zone six, and okay. and you know that's what the crepe myrtles will grow. You know here in okay. the U.S. too, zone six. Um, and um, so in the trip to the Beijing Botanical Garden in the winter, I saw live uh, crepe myrtle scales on those crepe myrtles. Wow. And, well, the reason you know they're live, you just squish them with your fingernail. They're yeah, pink. kind of you know. pink goo comes out, yeah. 
Yeah, so so was like, well, if they're alive in Beijing winter, then they're definitely gonna be alive in Texas yes, winter in most、sure. areas in Texas. So I was like, oh, we definitely need to work on this thing.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, so I, you know, one of my、uh, expertise is、uh, getting grants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, that's a good thing. <laughs> so 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 I were I、uh, you know I team up with、uh, some you know our、uh, Dr. Mike Merchant,、uh, Mr. Ervon Vafai from AgriLife Extension. And they're both entomologists. They're both entomologists within the、uh, A and M、mm-hmm. uh, Extension, and、uh, I also、uh, work with、uh, my c-、uh, colleagues in the LSU、mm-hmm. and Florida. So、mm-hmm. so I was like, let's work on this, and we're very fortunate. We you know we. We got about quarter million to work on this to start、mm-hmm. this, and here's the here's the interesting about research.、Um, the more you know, the more you find out that you don't know. That's <laughs> true about life, Meng. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know and and so so it just it just it just like a snowball、yeah. keep rolling keep rolling. I mean literally. We found that we're just we're the pioneers. Like every day, we find something new,、yes. you know, about this crape myrtle bark scale and how、uh, they're affecting crape myrtles、mm-hmm. and other plants、mm-hmm. and other plants.、Mm-hmm. So you know, so what are some alternate hosts? Let me finish this、oh, story,、okay. and then I'll come, I'm going to come back to <laughs>、okay. the alternative、uh, hosts. And and so 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 we put in another、uh, you know USDA grants,、uh, and you know with more、uh, collaborators from you know more from A and M, more from、uh, you know LSU,、uh, Florida, and also、uh, Alabama.、Mm-hmm. So 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 yeah. So so、uh, so we have、uh, basically scientists working on every. Different aspects of managing system, system, systematically managing criminal bark scale, and my group, we focus on alternative hosts. We、okay. plan, you know, being the horticulturist on the、uh, on the、uh, on the project, we focus on the、uh, alternative hosts. And、uh, let me let me tell you a little bit about.、Um, and you would think, ooh, you know. Crape myrtle bark scale, except crape myrtles. What else? You know, what else would it、uh, would、yes. it affect?、Mm-hmm. And actually, on the、um, so there is this、um, uh, kind of depository、uh, website. It's called ScaleNet. So on、oh. the sc- okay, <laughs> yes, yes.、Uh, this is pretty funny. Yeah, there is a.、Uh, There's a there's a there's a website called ScaleNet. So on the ScaleNet, there are. Uh, I think on the Skillnet there there are like thirteen families. Holy cow! Thirteen、uh, families and、uh, maybe eighteen to twenty、uh, genus. So,、uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing.、Uh, there is a difference. There is a difference between a horticulturist or agriculturist and、um, do you call them、um, taxonomist or something? Okay. So, So so the, you know just like there is a difference between horticulture and botanist. So、okay. so you know the so 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 when we look at those reports, we're like,、um, really? Well, you know,、mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, so we were thinking, really?、Uh, and most time, well, you know, there are、uh, the, these insects. There are specialists that they only feed on one thing, and there are generalists that、mm-hmm. they feed on everything. But、okay. when we look at the list, we're like, okay. But at the same time, at the same time. In the U.S.,、uh, criminal bark scale was reported on Calicarpa. 
Okay. And that would be like a beautyberry? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Beautyberry. Okay. Native American beautyberry.、Mm-hmm. And if you go to the woods right now, I mean, they're really pretty,、uh, mm-hmm. showy, you know, with those、uh, purple fruits, a cluster of purple fruits.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, it was first reported in Texarkana, Texas. Okay. And then later, you know, Dr. Dave Creech from Stephen F. Austin University found those in、uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. So like okay, so this is this is weird. You know, it's it's a it's it's a family and genus, not even on the scale net. Yes. <laughs> so, so you know you、oh, would think、really? yes. So, so so we we did a、uh, we sent the sample to USDA. We did the morphological identification.、Mm-hmm. We also did DNA test. We compared it to the you know crate myrtle bark scale, and it was a match. So you know, it's basically、mm-hmm. kind of like you compare the the、uh, fingerprint. So it was a match.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we included that one. Okay. And then later on in、uh, in Virginia, later on in Virginia, that it was found on Hypericum. So again, the、okay. Hypericum. That's Saint John's. Saint John's Word. Yes,、mm-hmm. Saint John's Word. Uh, thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> so on Saint John's word. So it was the DNA test was another match. So so yeah. So um. So yeah. So that well that that's disappointing to know、yes. because we don't need any more no、uh, plants that can help carry it around. Well,、um, you know you've you've noticed in or in, in your studies that not all crepe myrtle species are are equally.、Um, Uh, susceptible, and let me just, for the sake of our our listeners, our crape myrtles. There's a, a Lagostromia, there's a Farii, and、uh, so then we have crosses, we have、uh, indica, and and a, a, a lot a, of our crape myrtles that we have are really even crosses between species. Originally, originally it was Lagostromia indica.、Mm-hmm. Um, so、let's call it the Chinese crape myrtle,、mm-hmm. and because of a lot of the indicas. Uh, have the powdery mildew、mm-hmm. uh, problem. So U.S.、Uh, the United States National Arboretum,、uh, Dong Egolf did、mm-hmm. a lot of breeding work on you know try to uh, manage um,、mm-hmm. powdery mildew problems. So the Foria, Lagostromia Foria, the the Japanese、uh, you know the from Japan is、mm-hmm. from Japan. So the Foria genetics was brought in.、Mm-hmm. So it basically you know.、Um, Took care of all those hybrids. Took care、mm-hmm. of the、uh, the powdery mildew problem. Which, so which it's, is it's, nice. So you don't have to spray、nice. for that disease. Right, right, right,、mm-hmm. right. So it's basically you know it's it's that's what we are enjoying today、mm-hmm. uh, on almost carefree, you know, landscape plant flowering、okay. you know in the summertime. So when it comes to scale, what about the species and their so, susceptibility? So what we found, and we have not done a,、uh, we have done observations, not repeated scientific trials, you know. But, but from what we observed, we are ninety percent to ninety-five percent confident that none of these indica, foreii, or the hybrids are resistant、mm-hmm. to scale. But the the trial that we did on the species,、mm-hmm. we found. Two species. One is called Lagostromia speciosa, which is yeah, speciosa.、Um, not familiar with that one. It's a tropical one.、Oh, okay. It has a lot of. It's not commonly seen here in Houston. I think in Houston Arboretum there is one, but it's、mm-hmm. it's basically a perennial here in the winter.、Ah. 
the above ground part got killed, and then you know it sprout like you know in the springtime. So it's kind of like a like a perennial. Okay. Uh, it's really a big tree. Um, so that one, and then uh, Lagostromia called datum. Uh, that's another species. That, so these two are not as susceptible as the indica euphoria okay. or some of the other species. So we are trying to use, you know, utilizing these two in mm-hmm. our breeding program to come up with right. resistant, you know, or mm-hmm. less preferred by uh, CMB, by cray myrtle bark scale. Well, that, that would be great because right now we we do recommend... When I'm recommending crepe myrtles, I'm always recommending powdery mildew resistance. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways, Mung um, Mung mentioned uh, the uh, doctor um, at the Arboretum in Beltsville. Dung uh, Egolf. 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 Uh, all of his releases that were resistant were named after Native American tribes. So when you see a crepe myrtle variety that's Choctaw or Natchez or some other, what we would say a Native American or mm-hmm. we would call them Indian tribes here in America, uh, th- those are all naturally resistant to the powdery mildew, which is right. one way to pick them out. Now, yes. I guess we have some new breeding lines that are also resistant, but yeah. uh, that that's kind of where we began. Well, so in in, um, in, in crepe myrtles, the, the bark scale, I know we, we don't have a lot of great options for controlling it other than a systemic product put on the roots that goes up in the plant and then as the anything that's sucking juices out of the plant gets that that product (laughs) yes Uh, but then our crepe myrtles are blooming a lot and recently in fact not too long ago i had a bee specialist Mm -hmm. uh, dr uh uh, wrangle here Mm -hmm. on the on the show and she was saying they did a study here in bryan college station of all the pollen that bees were bringing back and crepe myrtles were the largest source of pollen and i've just you know, I've seen bees on crepe myrtles, but I I just don't think of them as a bee magnet. Maybe it's because the blooms are up high and I'm they, not they seeing are, them. They are. They are. Yeah. So if we're putting a systemic on, uh, not that that's going to kill all the bees, but it, it is a factor in the many things that can give bees problems and cause decline. And and so what what do we do now? <laughs> I mean, Actually, is there a strategy for putting a systemic on where you would be less likely to hurt the bees, but you might control the Oh, yeah, the yeah, totally, totally. Uh, you know, Skip, for everything that we have to put things in um, in perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to put this um, um, crepe myrtle bark scale in perspective, it hurts crepe myrtle in less than one-tenth of what crepe myrtle Hurt and we're the gonna plants. Get, we're gonna get to that one. <laughs> and, and by the way, today well, I'm gonna try to go beyond crepe myrtles. I don't know, but uh, there's some other topics. But yeah, uh, we're so we actually cited. You know, when when I wrote the uh, proposal, I cited uh, Dr. Rangel's uh, research. Oh, okay. They they did publish that paper. So not actually not in not okay. only in uh, not only in in Texas, but also in Florida. You know it. You can imagine in these uh, southern yes. states. I remember their study did, you know, did research, did studies in in Texas, Florida, mm-hmm. Michigan, and uh, and California. Right, College Station was just one of the. Yes, locations. yes, College Station is just one of the locations. So yeah, um, so uh, so our um, collaborator in Auburn is actually doing in Auburn and in uh, LSU that, yes. and, and with our collaborator in USDA that they are collecting pollens. Uh, and to analyze the effect of uh, not to not to analyze the effect of the pollen on 
on bees, but simply analyze the systemics, how the, much the syst- how much systemics mm-hmm. has gotten into the pollen. And mm-hmm. you're right. And the other thing is the bees are really they're they they're early risers, so mm-hmm. you got to really get up early. So mm-hmm. it actually created an interesting problem for our researchers, for the students. They gotta just just they gotta get up really early to fight with the bees to get the pollen that they need for research. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so what about a strategy for timing uh, a systemic? Can we put it on at a time where we can do a pretty good job on scale? but where it's not going to be around and present in the pollen, or is that just kind of inevitable that a, a systemic... So for it? the neonicotinoids, the mm-hmm. systemics that has been working very well uh, in our uh, in our trials mm-hmm. in controlling cray myrtle bark scale, uh, there are two types. So one type is uh, more a fast action. Mm-hmm. So... Is that would that be like the imidacloprid or dinotefiron? Dinote- I think dinotefiron is the fast action. Okay. If I remember correctly, uh, some industry folks call it um, uh, the nine one one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, we got a garden party tonight. I need yeah. these things shut down. Yes. Okay. Not quite that. So bad. so that one is more a quick in, and then mm-hmm. uh, imidacloprid is. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, a slower uh, process, you many, know, uh, many when, weeks. Yes, when it comes mm-hmm. to so, um, so, but both the uh, they have detected both, uh, you know, in medical. So they did, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I remember that they did the study. You know, they applied it in in the fall, in the winter, and in an early spring. You know, different, uh, you know, different application timing and mm-hmm. two different uh, chemicals. Yes. You know, uh, dinotefiron and imidacloprid, and I think on all those, um, if there's a there's interesting, there's a hit and miss. Uh, okay. What I say hit and miss is that on some of the trees that they applied in the winter time mm-hmm. it was either because of winter leaching or because the trees somehow they detected zero they wow. detected zero in it okay in but in that specific study they did not do a test see how well the chemical was controlling cmbs okay. they were simply doing the you know using the crape myrtle as a uh, the plant as a as a vector see how the um, you know the chemicals got into yeah. it and how much stayed and how much got into the pollen. Okay. Yes. So okay. that was that was a part. Well, that's but, interesting. We'll but we to... don't have a. Uh, I mean, we don't have a clear clear answer yet okay. on that one. Yes. Well, hopefully we will because so much work is being done, and as you said, the more you study, the more you <laughs> learn. <laughs> now, one and one study to answer a question raises ten questions. Yes. And yes. So now we need exactly. more studies. Yeah. Well, that, well, let's talk about crepe myrtle pruning. I know that's a topic uh, that you have spoken about a lot. And and uh, it, it, I guess by now people have heard of crepe murder. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the butcher job. Uh, I, I don't know for sure how it started, but my, my guess is that it in the wintertime you've got landscape crews and there's not a lot of lawns to mow. So it's easy to hand everybody pruners and say, hey, go out and cut everything off uh, pa- chest high tools. or head high. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so it, it's a way to keep the crews busy and stuff. But uh, let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> Whatever that reason. I'm going to guess that you're not an advocate of, of uh, pruning crepe myrtles. N- like no, 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 I'm not. Uh, whatever that reason is, that's uh, that's just not the right reason. <laughs> that's yeah. just not the right reason. So 
I think it was uh, it was right before or after um, Halloween. I did a uh, crate murder, crate murder, uh, crate murder, mm-hmm. or crate myrtle uh, pruning on our chat with Green Aggies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 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 um, you know, <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna go back to uh, d- uh, to crate myrtle bark scale. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Mike Merchant, one of Dr. Mark, Mike Merchant's role in our, um, he has since retired, mm-hmm. just just retired this summer. His role in the project is doing landscape chemical trials, okay. doing you know basically looking at you know what are what are some of the effective chemicals that will control creamer bark scale in in landscapes. So after he has done all these, and I would definitely encourage you guys to watch his uh, presentation. At the end of all his chemical trials, he presented two pictures side by side. Mm-hmm. One is a crepe myrtle in 2010 in mm-hmm. full bloom. I mean, the the mass, the 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 volume of the flower. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's it's head to toe. It's mm-hmm. head to toe. I mean, it's 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 big. And then another picture of 2020. Uh, that, uh, don't know from from when that homeowner started to murder mm-hmm. or should I call uh, torture because mm-hmm. cream myrtles are pretty resi- resilient and you know right. it's 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 a torture cutting it to that to that certain mowing them off head high. Yes, yes, much. yes, yes. Topping the cream myrtle. So. And then you got these, uh, you know, you got some skinny branches coming up, and at mm-hmm. the end of the branch, you have those flowers. So, mm-hmm. so I would definitely, uh, you know, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. You, you, I would, you know, email me. I'll send you the link um, of of Dr. Mike Merchant's uh, presentation, and that picture that you could see that, you know, the flowering, the amount of flowers in the murdered 2020 picture mm-hmm. was like, what, 120th mm-hmm. or 130th of the 2010 right. flowering. You know, it just, I mean, you would think that after 10 years that the plants is even bigger and grander, you mm-hmm. know, it's more impressive, but no, it's pitiful. It's, uh, <laughs> it's literally pitiful. Okay. It's pitiful. <laughs> well, that so... That's not a good thing, and so, it so, also creates ugly structure to the tree. And crepe myrtles have such a beautiful form, with smooth bark. If they're properly trained, uh, they can be beautiful even in winter without a leaf or flower on them. I I totally I totally agree. You know, if you uh, the, in in Dallas Arboretum, there is a uh, there is a, uh, a I call it a crepe myrtle alley. You know, it just just the. Uh, the uh, uh, two rows of cray myrtles completely mm-hmm. covering that that row. It. Yeah, it just in, in the winter time. If you just look at the structure, mm-hmm. look at the structure uh, of of those, and then uh, the other another location will be uh, Houston Zoo, mm-hmm. right on the. Um, well, if you're facing the entrance on the left side, you know there's a, a roll of huge cray uh, yes. myrtles. I mean, just in the winter time, look at the structure. It's yeah. so pretty. Um, so the I mean. The damage on flowering that this cream murder is doing to the uh, to the cream myrtle, it's I mean it's nothing. I mean you know the, the the what the what the scale could do is nothing compared to mm. what the power tools could do. Okay. You know it just gotcha. it just the scale is nothing, a totally nothing compared to the power tools. Yeah. So I have been observing the uh, you know the cream myrtle cream myrtle uh, mm-hmm. flowering pattern in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. 
And so not only the the amount of flowers is so much less, but also, you know, if you cut it, if you cut, if you murder the the cream myrtles, most likely they are only going to flower once. Mm-hmm. You know, but here in Texas, are the cream murders sometimes send out second flush of mm-hmm. flowers? Yes. So, so here's the the timeline of some of the you know the trees in in my neighborhood. So in um, Natchez, uh, you know, we have a lot of Natchez and yes. Muskogee, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and Tuscarora in the neighborhood. So for Natchez, the you know about the middle of uh, June, that's when they the they flower. Natural form, you mm-hmm. know. If you don't murder them, that's about middle of June. Mm-hmm. But if you murder those with the power tools, they won't flower probably until July. Okay. And then the murdered ones, that's you know after that one shot of flowers, yes. they're done. But for the for the natural form, you know, in uh, you know Muskogee and and Natchez, they flower in middle of. Um, in middle of uh, June, mm-hmm. and then if just leave them alone, you know, just water mm-hmm. them well, you know, in August, they're going to send a second flush mm-hmm. of flowers that, mm-hmm. you know, that you, you just wouldn't see in those murdered cream myrtles. Yeah. So, you know, it just the amount of uh, uh, flowering power that you're taking away, you know, with your uh, power tool is just astonishing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> well, we we recommend crepe myrtles by I, I, when people when I talk to people about crepe myrtles I always say there's there's three things that you you want to know mm-hmm. number one is it powdery mildew resistant mm-hmm. otherwise why why spray fungicide all summer trying to keep them you know <laughs> right number two what color do you want yes there's there's a lot of really cool colors out there now and number three how big does it how get? big yes we can pick a crepe myrtle that gets three feet tall that's a meatball can, i mean may, yeah, yeah pokemoke is yeah, basically pokemoke and pokemoke mm-hmm. is basically a little right. meatball this is a bump and all the way up you mentioned notches what Natchez. 35 feet yes. you go on the river walk of san antonio and it's yeah. just giant crepe myrtles down there yeah so why put a I love Natchez. I love the, the white flowers. I love the size of it mm-hmm. as a as a tree, and I love the cinnamon colored bark that it offers, which not all crepe myrtles offer. But if I'm going to put it at the corner of my house and I want it to be seven to ten feet tall, uh, I have to buy a chainsaw when I buy my Natchez because that's <laughs> what it's going to take to keep it <laughs> that size. Why not buy one that gets seven to ten or twelve or fifteen or whatever size you want? And so we try to encourage people to do that, but I think you know. And 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 I, I guess sometimes we can't all blame the uh, the the landscaper with a chainsaw or the homeowner. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. You know, I posted some. Uh, I posted uh, some just you know uh, cream myrtle pictures without any pruning mm-hmm. on my you know on my one of my social media platforms and a friend of mine was like oops i just uh, cut it yesterday oh no why because i saw my neighbor doing yeah. it as so, 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 the uh so and, and of course that's why it's so important to listen to skip's uh show you know <laughs> to to learn about these things um well, that yeah, they're just that message is getting out now, and I just hear so many different people talking about mm-hmm. it uh, that I think it's fine. You know, there's, let, there's, let me mention another oh, yes. thing. You know, like like I said, you know, it's not all homeowners' uh, fault because 
back when these plants. We love Natchez, we love Muskogee and Tuscarora because why? They're fast growers.、Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a good size of of all these three species, any of these, you know, in a fairly short amount of time.、Mm-hmm. So, it, so they're relatively cheap. You know,、mm-hmm. you just slap it on, and after a house project is done, you know, in a landscape project. And when a new homeowner now, new homeowners may not want that big size. So it's not、okay. the it's it's kind of not. Sometimes it's not the 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 homeowner's、uh, fault. Yes. So here's the thing, you know, we're seeing more and more、uh, crape myrtles being produced in Oregon, in Oregon. Okay. And it was I read one of、uh, Digger is their magazine. So I read in one of the issues. Guess what are some of their favorite cultivars for the nursery man in Oregon? What? Can you can you guess、I、those、can't. three? Oh really? <laughs> Same ones in Oregon. Okay. And the reason that why they like those is because they're beautiful and they grow, they grow fast. fast. They grow fast. Well, you know, crape myrtles.、Uh, as you go north, like even getting up in the metroplex and stuff, they can have some cold damage yes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And、uh, so it is a plant that, if that happens,、mm-hmm. you could cut it off at the ground and retrain, starting、mm-hmm. from new trunks again.、Uh, it, it's not, <laughs> it's not what we want, but it,、no. it would survive it. It would be able to to tolerate that. I mean, when I read the article in Digger magazine, and I'm just going in my head, I was like, you know, please, please don't,、uh, you know, don't, don't, don't do this、uh, crazy murder、yes. that you know, like what you just, just so,、uh, just everywhere in the southeast. Well, we we should make it illegal. <laughs> oh my God! Great Myrtle Police. Well,、uh, you're listening to Garden Success.、Uh, we normally are a call-in show, and、uh, but today we're we have a special guest. We're coming to you by tape,、uh, and our guest is Dr. Meng Meng Gu. If you've joined us late in the show,、uh, Meng Meng is a professor and extension specialist in the Department of Horticulture Sciences, and we're talking about a number of things. We've been we've been going Great Myrtle. Now we're going to shift gears and talk about. Some other plants,、uh, and one of them is the jujube. Now, I don't know how many of you <laughs> listeners have have、uh, grown jujubes before, but it, it's a different plant for a lot of people. They've been around Texas for quite a long time, but I know when I was going through school and looking at the extension publications, there were two varieties: Lee and Lang were the two that were the ones, and and then I started seeing things like Sherwood and Tiger Tooth and all kinds of other varieties. But I think you guys are working on a cultivar trial. So tell me a little bit about the jujube, jujube, and、uh, <laughs> how do you say it? How do you? <laughs> Either way. Okay. Good. <laughs> good.、Uh, tell us about it, and what are some of the things you're looking at cultivar-wise?、Um, so, jujube is not really new、uh, in the U.S. I think、uh, someone from USDA actually imported like over a hundred years ago. Wow! It just,、uh, it just.、Uh, It just, you know,、uh, it just never、uh, took off.、Uh, maybe the horticulturist could learn something from the the marketing、uh, professional, <laughs> especially like from、uh, avocado、yeah. pro- marketing professionals.、Oh, we need a national jujube board. Is that <laughs> yes,、yeah, some、okay. something like that. So, uh, <laughs> so.、Um, So,、uh, one of the reasons that Lee and Lang are popular or 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 commonly available、mm-hmm. is probably because that they、uh, they don't need. Another tree to pollinize, you、okay. know. Yes, they're、so、self-fruitful. They're、mm-hmm. yeah, they're self-fertile.、Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
and the 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 fruit size are big. You know, mm-hmm. you know that in the U.S., folks like big stuff. Right. So now, yeah. And when you say big, how big is a juju? A lianlang juju? Lianlang juju be the fruits. Um, they could. Uh, let's say, um, I mean, the diameter could be bigger than a quarter. Mm-hmm. Let's say about the okay. what, about an inch. And the kind of oblong. Yes, the kind of oblong, and you know, and when the fruit mature, it's the maroon. Before it's mature, it's white. So you know, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> we should make this an, an official I, official Aggie. Uh, National fruit of A and M. Yes, national okay. fruit of A and M. White and maroon. Uh, okay. Literally, it's a shiny maroon color. It's a okay. shiny maroon color. Um, so it's 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 uh, you know not like apple or some other fruits. It's um, mm-hmm. uh, it's very it's the water content is is low. So low. it yeah, and also the fruit doesn't you know it's it doesn't brown. It doesn't brown as when you cut it. It mm-hmm. doesn't brown as much as like apples and stuff. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, you know that we sometimes we. <clears throat> For a fruit production, you gotta have you gotta have enough chilling hours. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the one thing is you gotta have enough chilling hours, and then you in the springtime, what we worry. What do we worry about for pe- for peaches yeah. for frost mm-hmm. right so so you do have those two things to worry about mm-hmm. on most uh, uh, fruit productions. Guess what? On um, jujubes, <laughs> don't worry about chilling. <laughs> don't worry about chilling. They f- flower and fruit on current year growth. Ah, okay. <laughs> wow. So okay. if you so if you think about it, I mean, the, no, the, forget about chilling, forget mm-hmm. about uh, late frost. There's none of that. It would not affect them because okay. they, you know they will leaf out. I mean, it depends on where you are. Of course, it's always different. Um, so in our area, in College Station area, they will probably leaf out in April. Uh, mm-hmm. Start flowering in in May. Mm-hmm. Do you worry about late frost in May? I hope not. <laughs> I hope. We've, we've, got, we've got problems. If yeah, and and then you. So and, when when are you also, picking? When are you picking? Well, when you pick in, uh, again, they're early cultivars. They're late cultivars. Right. That's why we're doing the uh, uh, variety trial and see how. And the other thing is, if you're a good one, as one of my friend is, uh, in even in College Station area, she is getting two crops of Lee. Okay. And and well, uh, one is before. Well, so his so she uh, she picked his fir- her uh, first crop mm-hmm. in uh, in June. Okay. In June, so um, it doesn't matter what cultivar. If you look at your some your your fruits, you know, let the plant tell you when to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are sweet before they even turn the maroon color. Okay. But of course, later, you know, as maroon as they get, they get sweeter and sweeter. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, some are even sweet when they're still white. So on her lee depends on what, um, how much rain we get here in College Station okay. in July. So if 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 we get a a nice you know uh, showering of rain in July, <clears throat> her second crop is also going to be big. Okay. If not much, you know, so it's, it's it really depends on I think that that moisture, the moisture, you know, sending out second flush of yeah. fruit in uh stems. Okay. Uh, that's that's what Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, uh for people that aren't familiar with jujubes, jujubes, uh what how are you how do you eat them? Is this a fresh eating? Is there a certain kind of way they're typically prepared? 
there, jujube plant, the tree is is a small tree, but it starts, you know, to produce from a very early stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, from a very early stage. Um, the fruit has a little pit, has a has a pit inside. Mm-hmm. So you could you could, of course, you could just get the get the seed out yourself mm-hmm. or you could buy something a core mm-hmm. is, that, is that what you call it it uh, could be yeah yeah mm-hmm. just, just to core it out and okay. then eat it and of course another way would be after you you know if you produce uh, too many of them you core it out and then you put it in the dehydrator and dry it Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've found them to be very dry compared to <laughs> other fruits. Yes. You know, you normally you expect a fruit, you bite into a peach and juice goes yes. everywhere. Yes. And jujubes even drier than apples. Uh, oh, definitely drier. Far. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes. it has a, I would say, a somewhat similar texture to apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, would mm-hmm. you? Is that dry. fair? Uh, most of them are. I like the ones sweet and crispy. Okay. But there are some not so crispy. Okay. So so you know I would think that the crispier um, uh, fruits are more for uh, fresh eating versus mm-hmm. the not so spongy ones are for uh, drying. Okay. And and I got my uh, plants you know for research purposes uh, from Dr. Yao. Dr. Yao, who has no uh, blood relationship with Yao Ming, oh okay, from New Mexico State, from New Mexico, oh, okay. from New Mexico State University, mm-hmm. and and she is really, you know, uh, Frank Meyer was the one, uh, you know, who imported a lot of jujube cultivars from Asia, and Dr. Yao is the is the most recent who okay. who has published. A lot of paper, and also she's doing trials in three, at least three locations. You know, South, Central, and North New Mexico. You know, looking at jujube performance in you know using as as a, a drought resistant yes. fruit crops. You know, in mm-hmm. in New Mexico, and of course, you know, Texas has different environment, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. what we, you know, like like some of the cultivars could fruit. Could have two crops, and that's mm-hmm. just unheard of in uh, in New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's that's that is interesting. Well, I do want to take some time to talk a little bit about some of the Asian vegetables. Uh, those folks who listen to the show have heard me talk before about uh, trying out some new Asian vegetables every year. New meaning new to us. Uh, <laughs> I grew up gardening in Texas, and we you know we had lettuce and tomatoes and potatoes, mm-hmm. and there's kind of the what do they say meat and potatoes. There's the basic crops that we grew up with, Mm -hmm. Uh, depending on what culture you're from, you may have grown up with a different mix of crops, uh, different things that are part of the cuisine. But uh, Asian vegetables do so well here as a group. And some of them are so fast. Like we were talking earlier, uh, bok choy is just, I mean, it's it's fast. I would say it's as fast as lettuce, if not faster, depending on the kind of lettuce you're growing. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of your favorite Asian vegetables. Let's say a listener has never planted any Asian vegetables. What would be two or three maybe you'd start with and say, well, give this one a try? Um, before answering your question, okay. I want I do want to mention one thing about jujube plant. Okay. Um, most of them have thorns. Yes. <laughs> most of them have thorns, uh, and most of them are grafted on sour jujube. And that's ah. a sucker. 
is okay. suckers really bad. <laughs> and, and when you say sucker, you're not talking about just coming from the base of the plant. I mean, out in the yard, yes, away yes, from the yes, tree, you yes, have a shoot yes. come up. It w- yes, it, it will, it will, it, 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 it's a runaway child. It will run away from the base of the tree. It could go, you know, uh, yeah, it will go, you find it, you know, um, maybe like 10 feet away from the tree. So that's how hmm. much, how bad some of them suckers. I wonder, is it my, difficult to root them that they wouldn't just do some own my particular, My particular tree in my yard hasn't sucker at all, but I have heard some horror stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very hard to root. They are very hard to root. Okay. Uh, I think it's probably somewhere there with the pecans with the walnut oh how, my gosh. How, how, it's that's okay. how so that's why they're all grafted so so just just be aware uh, you know sometimes you may have to dig up the um okay the runners the all right the uh, yeah well, so, so okay about asian choice vegetables. asian yeah. vegetables mm-hmm. so if you um look at those things uh look in the seed catalog anything that with the uh, choy like c h OI mm-hmm. or uh, TS OI, you know something mm-hmm. that, like that. So in Chinese, that that's that's almost equivalent of coal crop. Okay. You know a lot of the coal crops, and 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 let me just jump in. Coal, by coal crops, we're talking about the brassicas, leafy, or the cruciferous le- vegetables. Yes, the leafy coal crops. Okay. The leafy coal crops. Okay. Yes. So. So bok choy, tak choy is, yes. is two examples yes, of what yes. you're saying. Yes, okay. yes. Bok choy, tak choy, these mm-hmm. are two examples. And then there are many other choys, choys. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, C-H-O-I or T-S-O-I, that's just, just mm-hmm. really different romanization of the same character, the mm-hmm. same Chinese character. And that okay. means leafy cold crop. <laughs> that's That's interesting. Okay, so... What would be some to start with? Uh, maybe some some good ones. You know, the you- well, the 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 the, the uh, like a matsuna, and then the bok choy, tai choy, and and just like tomatoes, you know, you say tomato, but there are actually hundreds of tomato yes. cultivar strains yes. there. So within bok choy, tai choy, there are different cultivars. Some are. I would think that you know there some are resistant to bolting, some are mm-hmm. not so much. You know, some are uh, more uh, cold tolerant or or uh, you know or heat tolerant. You know, the heat tolerant being they're they're you know resistant to bolting, mm-hmm. so stuff like that. So I do want to mention one thing. A lot of people, and, and you know, again, my parents uh, grow up in in limited space, so their garden is not like your one acre, two acre garden. So yes. they have to do. Deal with what they have, the little limited space, right? Mm-hmm. So they, when they harvest, when they harvest, they never just cut it off. Mm-hmm. They never cut it off. They always pick the leaves from the outer. Okay. Um, you know, from the outer, uh, from the outside, and mm-hmm. then let the inside grow and to grow. <laughs> so even on like on a bok choy, you've yes. got the typically white or chartreuse green mm-hmm. uh, leaves coming up, and mm-hmm. then they it's kind of a vase shape. Yes, a kind of and, vase shape. And so they don't cut it off and harvest the whole head like you would find in the grocery store here. They break off individual leaves, yes, like breaking off celery from a celery plant. Yes, a stalk yes. of celery. Yes, okay. And then just let the inside just keep growing, and, and it, it does. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've the, never tried that. You never tried that. No. <laughs> Now I have something to do. I learn something every day. Well, you know, if, if, again, if you have one or two acres, you yeah. really don't have to worry about no. that kind of thing. No. But, you know, my parents are 
growing these things in a one, uh, you know, like a one square meter, like the size of our table, or yeah. sometimes in containers. That's what they gotta do. Is yeah. uh, they just uh, they just pick the leaves from the outside. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Now, one one of the Asian vegetables that I've enjoyed growing is uh, the uh, radishes. And I know there's a lot of different kinds of radishes, some very dark colored and some uh, the one uh, the, there's one that sometimes they call watermelon radish here. And I love that one. Green, greenish white yeah. on the outside and yeah. inside just the uh-huh. brightest, prettiest, prettiest reddish pink, pink color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a big radish man, so the really hot radishes I don't care for. But that but one. But some of those are so mild that it's... Very good. So anything like that that uh, is of particular interest for, yeah, for you? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, you know, again, you know, I when we when I grew up, when I was little, you know, we didn't really have a whole lot. You mm-hmm. know, when you go to the movie theaters, mm-hmm. what do you buy here when you go to a movie theater? You would buy Coke and popcorn. popcorn yeah. And when we went to movie theaters, two things. One is sunflower seeds, and the other one is... Radishes, green radishes. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this are, up. Are, we, are they like sli- julienne, or I mean, are they cut into pieces and you're eating them, or do they just give you a whole radish? No, they, no, the... they will. They will cut it into like four, six, or eight pieces. Oh my god! Yeah, it's it's and it's sometimes it's not uh, it's not the. Uh, I mean, it would be great. It would be uh, uh, watermelon radish, right? But it's it's the mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's slightly slender than a watermelon radish. Like it's, a daikon. No, daikon is white. Daikon uh-huh. is normally used in cooking. Mm-hmm, but it's a long, slender. Uh, not as big. Quite a not large not as big. It's this is about like uh, four inch long. You okay. know, maybe one inch in diameter, and it's green outside, green inside. They just slice it, and then you eat it. So, think about healthy. Think about how healthy even our uh, movie theater yeah. <laughs> snacks are. That, that is that is pretty interesting. I uh, well, I, but I think they may have uh, nowadays the movie theater in in China. May have evolved to uh yeah <laughs> well, well you know i could i could talk this all day we're, yeah. we're down to our last 40 seconds or so here okay. so i i just uh want to add one thing about uh talking about gardening and, and things like that can you tell our listeners in about 30 seconds uh what but about Earthkind and how do they find out more information on Earthkind gardening and landscaping and things like Earthkind.tamu.edu. that? Earthkind.tamu.edu. Everything's.tamu.edu. Yes, That's a great yes, way to go. Yes. So if you want to use less pesticides, less fertilizers, garden in a way that's uh, perhaps uh, better for the environment around you, uh, AgriLife has Earthkind information online. Yes. Earthkind.tamu.edu. And I know, I know Dr. Mung works a lot with that. We've been visiting with uh, Dr. Meng Meng Gu from uh, the Department of Horse Sciences today. Next week, we'll be back live again. Thanks so much for listening. And tell your friends about the show. They can also listen to past shows online by going to the KAMU website. You've been listening to Garden Success with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension horticulturist Skip Richter. Join us again next week as Skip discusses your questions about gardening and landscaping in the Brazos Valley.
Garden Success is brought to you in part by the Arbor Gate, featuring unusual plants, artisan-created decorative pieces, and a constantly changing array of items that bring beauty, comfort, and even flavor to the home and garden. Arbor Gate, 15635 FM 2920, Tomball, Texas, 281-351-8851 or arborgate.com.